Thank you for listening to the Sisters Podcast with Pastor Vilma and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a monthly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help you in your daily life. We pray that this message will help you in whatever season of your life you might be in. Good evening, beautiful sisters. Wherever you find yourself across all our campuses tonight, I want to say hi and welcome. And I really pray that you are blessed and God speaks to you in the ministry tonight. And just want to say a huge thank you to Pastor Andre and Pastor Vilma for this opportunity to speak into your lives. Well, it's been Women's Month and it still is. And so tonight is a wonderful opportunity to just pause and reflect on and celebrate the women in our world who've gone before us and who stand in our midst today who have been an influence and a role model in our lives. I want to say a special thank you to all the women out there who have been a blessing in these days past, who have been God's hands and feet on the earth, who've shown love to people, who have helped spread the gospel and strengthen the kingdom of God. And especially this evening, I'd like to take a moment to honor Pastor Vilma, our spiritual mother, who is in our midst online this evening. You know, Pastor Vilma has built this ministry over many, many years, and she's really devoted her life to the kingdom of God and to building into lives like yours and mine. And so we just want to say thank you, and we love you, Pastor Vilma, and may God continue to bless your efforts. And thank you that we get to be part of what Sisters is doing in our cities and in our nation. Amen. Well, you know, girls, in recent times and across the months, as I look around and see the craziness that is our life at the moment, amen, all the unsettling, the confusion, the devastation, loss of lives for many, very sadly, I am more aware than ever of the fact that God has created us on purpose and for a purpose. I believe God chose the days in which we live on the earth right now, not randomly or by accident, but on purpose and for a purpose. And you know, it's only when we acknowledge this and really begin to seek Him that we can begin to step into the purpose and the plans that He has for our lives. When we begin to choose to live life with an eternal perspective, not just ticking off items and experiences on a bucket list, but actually living our life for eternal purpose with our eyes set on eternity and with the revelation that we, our lives are God breathed and that you and I have a part to play in the unfolding story of God on the earth. That's when we can really step into the plans and purpose that God has for us. You are not here by accident. I hope you realize that tonight. You are God's own creation. The Bible tells us this. And you were born for such a time as this and have been equipped with everything that you need to fulfill the divine purpose to which God has called you. God says to us, his children in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. You see, he alone knows the plans. He knows what they are. We only begin to discover them as we walk closely with him day to day and seek him on a daily basis. So tonight, I want us to agree that God indeed has a plan and a purpose for our lives, each and every one of us. You know, in seasons like this, like 
It's been over the past 18 months. It's very normal to begin to wonder, why has God placed me on the earth here, wherever I find myself for such a time as this? You know, I'm in my 40s now, and I can think of many days gone by that were far more pleasant, where there weren't things happening, like global pandemics, like looting and um, economic disaster, like the grief and loss to the degree that we have seen in these past days, the destruction of businesses, hopes and dreams. It really sounds too awful, but I can even think of relatively peaceful and calm days in comparison to the ones that we are living through. And so I believe like many of you, I have spent many, many hours wondering what my purpose is in years gone by and trying to figure out for what good reason am I here? Well, I want to save you all some time and effort because relief came to me when I finally accepted that I didn't need to know or understand every step of the way, that all I actually needed to do was live each day to serve God and do my very best with what and where I found myself in the moment. And I came to a realization of the truth found in Proverbs 16 verse 9 that says, A man's or a woman's mind plans his way as he journeys through life, but the Lord directs his steps and establishes them. So, of course, girls, we must dream. Of course, we must, and we must plan ahead. But at the same time, we have to understand that sometimes life doesn't work out according to our plans or according to our hopes. And many aspects of life are actually completely out of our control. And oftentimes, we don't know or understand why. But it's okay, because the thing is, when we stop engineering the plan and the purpose for our lives and choose to trust God, choose to trust the God of the plan, the God God of the purpose, the God of our lives, that is when the plan and the purpose for our lives begins to naturally unfold in God's perfect timing. You know the wonderful book of Esther in the Bible, and I don't have time to give us a synopsis of that tonight, but I encourage you to go and read it. It's a wonderful book of an incredible woman and what God does in her life. Well, perhaps just like in the book of Esther, you and I have been born in God's ultimate wisdom for such a time as this. You know, Esther was placed in a royal position as queen, not by chance, but very much on purpose because of the plans that God had for her life. And she was placed in this position for a very significant reason, which was to save her people, the Jewish people, from destruction against all the odds. And I want to suggest that wherever you find yourself tonight, either on the mountaintop or in the valley, perhaps you too were born for just such a time as this, for God's own purpose. You know, even if you've made mistakes and you feel like you can't possibly be in a place for God to be able to use you, I want to remind you that God sees you right now. He has his eye on you right now and his plan and his purpose for your life has not changed. I want to encourage you to do whatever it takes from tonight going forward to get back into relationship with God because the time to follow God's plan for your life is now. When we're tuned into the voice of God, what he's calling us to do becomes clearer to us. And this might be stepping into a stronger relationship with him. This might be beginning a new family, if you're married, of course. This might be opening a new business or simply standing up for your convictions and for what you believe in 
in God. Whatever it is, you know, you may have planned it, you may have prayed about it, you may have sought godly counsel and gathered all the info, you've done all your homework, and yet something inside you is still hesitant, still feels afraid to step out. And many people may say, well, just sleep on it, because maybe you'll feel better about it in a couple of days' time. I don't know why they always suggest that to us. But the thing is, at some point in life, we have to muster up the courage and step out in faith when we believe God is calling us to do something, even when it doesn't feel comfortable. We have to step out in faith and allow God to determine the outcome. You know, so many times in the Bible, we see the heroes and the heroines do this. They get a vision from God or a sense that God is calling them to something. And although they don't have the whole picture mapped out in front of them, they step out, even though they're not 100% certain of how things will turn out. And again, Esther comes to mind. And many others, I think about Ruth in the Bible. At the time when she made a commitment to follow her mother-in-law, Naomi, into the future, she didn't know what that future looked like. I believe that future looked scary for her, but she made a commitment in spite of that trusting that God would be with her and would lead her into the plans and purpose he had for her life because she knew her God. Amen. Especially if we're the type of people who like to have all the cards laid out before us, we need to trust God, ask Him to build our faith and allow Him to use us as we step out in faith. And as we do this, God has big things for us because we are called to stand out for God, not blend in. It's very easy to play it safe, isn't it? To stand on the sidelines and watch everybody else be the brave ones and stand in our little world of comfort, um, if not for anything else, but to avoid the criticism of the world because we know that cancel culture and, and the world is just ready, waiting for the next victim to pounce on. But to stand out for God requires conviction, to live your life for God and for His purposes over yours and over what other people may think is the purpose for your life. You know, I remember very clearly when I told one of my family members and aunt that I had decided to go into full-time ministry and her response was, oh, what a pity to lose the gifts that you have. Well, I decided to step out in faith and today here I am almost 16 years later, still serving the purposes of God. I'm so grateful that I chose to trust his plans and not my own or my aunt's. In Joshua 1 verse 9, God says to Joshua as he's about to step into battle, he says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You see, girls, it's not just us, the girls that feel fearful. The guys also feel afraid many times because when God calls us to big things, it is natural to feel fearful. But you know what? As freaked out as Joshua must have felt, and I know that he felt very freaked out because God repeated those instructions, do not be afraid, be strong and courageous numerous times. So I know Joshua was freaked out and yet he stepped into the unknown and he chose to trust God. Again, when Esther decided to approach the king without permission in order to try and save her people, she knew that it could mean certain death for her because it was against the law to go before the king without permission. And yet she said this, she said, if I perish, I perish. That is conviction and godly purpose speaking right there. 
You know, even when we're in the perfect will of God, doing exactly what he's called us to do, it doesn't mean we won't be required to take risks or that it will be easy. In fact, many of us know that the best things in life come when we take the greatest risks. And the degree of difficulty is not an indication that God is not in it. In fact, very often the opposite is true. But the good news is that trusting in God completely brings great rewards, not just for ourselves, but for others as well. Obeying God will always prove to be profitable in the long run. You know, girls, when others see us living in obedience to God, Sometimes when it doesn't even make sense to them or even to us, when they see us living in obedience, they begin to wonder what is it that is causing us to serve this God with obedience even when we seem afraid or things don't make sense. And oftentimes they begin to say, hey, I think I want a bit of what she's got. And you know, the world around us is looking for answers right now. The world is looking to try and make sense of this life and to try and make sense of how this life works. And we may not have all the answers, but we know a God who does. Amen. Esther's obedience saved God's people from destruction. And the reward for her obedience was so much better than she could have ever expected. She went before the king, prepared for the very worst scenario, and instead she got far better than she could have ever expected. She went before the king, prepared for the very worst, and instead she got the very best best. Many people became followers of God and people to this day, including us right now, have been inspired by the faith of this one woman. My question, ladies, to us tonight is when was the last time you asked God what it is that he wants to do in and through your life? And are you ready to step out in faith and into the purpose and plans he has for your life? Because you were born for such a time as this. Well, good evening, ladies. It's so good to be joining you all the way from Durban North tonight. And Sisters is definitely one of my highlights each month. So thank you, Pastor Vilma, for the opportunity and the privilege to share this evening. Well, as we know, August is Women's Month. And of course, at Sisters, we celebrate women every single month. But once a year in August, the entire country remembers to honor women too. And one of the great things about this is that the media go out of their way to highlight the lives of ordinary women who are doing extraordinary things to help others in spite of their own personal challenges. And I, for one, never get tired of hearing these stories. In one of our Durban North community papers this past week, I read about a local lady called Martha Lindeboom. Now, in 2016, her adult daughter, Crystal, died tragically from an asthmatic attack, and Crystal's four young children had to go live with Martha and her husband. And as you can imagine, it was a really traumatic time for them. Then one day, the kids asked Martha if she could pack them extra sandwiches for school because they'd noticed that some of their friends never had anything to eat. And Martha started making extra sandwiches but soon realized that many more of the school kids had no access to food on weekends. And so she started cooking meals in her kitchen for over 40 kids each weekend. Now, other people got to hear about what she was doing and they wanted to help. And so the Crystal Hope Foundation was born. And now, five years later, all four grandkids are actively involved in the foundation, 
helping with meal preparation, marketing, and even organizing sanitary pack drives. And they say that helping others has gone a long way in helping them deal with their own trauma of losing their mom at such a young age. Now, isn't that just beautiful? In spite of her own pain and challenges, Martha is helping her grandchildren flourish and she is making a huge difference in the lives of dozens of other children. You know, to me, that is such a great picture of what God wants for our lives. God has a divine plan and purpose for our lives right now, right in the middle of whatever situation we might be finding ourselves in today. You know, so often we feel as if we're drowning in our personal circumstances and pain. Plus, all the problems in our country can make us feel as if we're barely surviving, like we're just hanging on till Jesus comes to take us home one day. But God doesn't just want us to survive. He has so much more for our lives. And it's not a mistake or accident that you and I are alive right now in this country during this time. God has positioned us intentionally to fulfill his purposes for his glory. And because he has positioned us, we can be confident that he's also graced us with everything we need to flourish right where we are today. And so this evening, ladies, I just want to share a few thoughts with you around being positioned for purpose. You know, the Bible is full of wonderful examples of ordinary flesh and blood women like you and I, who God positioned and used right where they found themselves. And one such lady was a princess in Judah called Jehoshaphat. Now, she was alive during a time of great turmoil and instability. The people of God had turned their back on him and were worshiping idols. And the nation of Israel had split into two kingdoms. It was a time of revolt and rebellion and a lot of bloodshed. And it would actually make for a perfect Netflix documentary. Now, Jehoshaphat's dad was king of Judah, and his name was Jehoram. He was a descendant of King David, which is important to know because God had promised that the Messiah would one day be born through the lineage of David. But unfortunately, Jehoshaphat's dad was a bad guy. In fact, when he became king, he had all his brothers killed to make sure that no one else could steal his throne. And Jehoshaphat's own brothers were also killed by Arab raiders, all of them. And then later her dad died. And so her last surviving brother, Ahaziah, became king at age 22. But he ruled for only one year, and then he also got killed. So clearly, Jehoshaphat grew up in a very dysfunctional home where everyone had major issues. And some of you watching this evening know exactly how that feels. But then things went from bad to worse. It says of her father's wife, Atalia, in 2 Kings 11, that when Atalia, the mother of King Ahaziah of Judah, learned that her son was dead, she began to destroy the rest of the royal family. Atalia wanted the throne, and Satan wanted to destroy the seed of God's promise of the coming Messiah. So the moment King Ahaziah died, his power-hungry mother, Atalia, gave the order to kill everyone who might be in line for the throne, including her own grandchildren. Now, can you imagine that? It would have been absolute chaos with soldiers storming into the building, people running around shouting and screaming, 
No one really knowing what's going on except that young children were being killed as well as anyone who was trying to protect them. It would have been horrific. All hope seemed lost that day. All the royal descendants of King David were being slaughtered. And no one would have blamed Jehoshaphat if she ran away and she just tried to survive. But she didn't. Instead, she looked beyond her own difficult circumstances and she bravely risked her life for someone else. Verse 2 says this, Jehoshaphat took Ahaziah's infant son, Joash, and stole him away from among the rest of the, kids, the king's children who were about to be killed. She put Joash and his nurse in a bedroom and they hid him from Atalia so the child was not murdered. Joash remained hidden in the temple of the Lord for six years while Italia ruled over the land. Jehoshaphat risked her own life to save her nephew, the last surviving person in King David's bloodline. She smuggled baby Joash out of the palace and took him to the temple where her husband was the high priest. And that was a great idea because it was the last place that an idol worshiper like Italia would go. And so Jehoshaphat and her husband taught Joash to love the Lord. And later when he became king, he turned the hearts of the people back to God. And the people of Judah enjoyed stability for many years. And we read in 2 Chronicles 24 that Joash did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight throughout the lifetime of Jehoiada the priest. You know, even more importantly, the royal line of King David and the seed of the coming Messiah was preserved. And it all came about because of one woman who God had positioned for purpose. And that purpose, like we saw, was not just for her. It included the future of King Joash, the kingdom of Judah, and the birth of the Lord Jesus. Ladies, like Jehoshaphat, God has a plan and a purpose for us that extends way beyond what we can see right now. Ephesians 2.10 tells us that we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I think most of us can relate to Jehoshaphat. For many, life is tough right now. There's a lot we don't have control over. The culture around us is trying to conform us to its way of living. But each of us can rise above our circumstances and do something great for the Lord. So how did she do that? What qualified Jehoshaphat to be used by God? Well, firstly, she spent time with God. You know, at a time when most people around her were idol worshippers, Jehoshaphat was a worshipper of God. That means she didn't follow the culture of the time she lived in. She didn't conform to worldly values. She served the Lord faithfully, whether times were good or not. And she understood that God had positioned her to fulfill his divine plans and purposes. The time she spent worshiping God prepared her so that she was ready to fulfill his purposes for her exactly when he needed her to. You know, I think so often we try to work it the other way around, ladies. Too often we rush our time with God. We, we rush our Bible reading and we rush our prayer times because we are in such a hurry to get out there and do things for him but we forget it's the time we spend with him that prepares us and positions us 
for the plans and purposes that he has for us. I was reminded of that two weeks ago. I had a lot I wanted to get done. So that morning, I quickly rushed through everything I had to do at home, and then I stormed off, ready to tick things off my to-do list. And I was feeling quite pleased with myself until later that afternoon when someone noticed that I still had a big curler stuck in my hair at the back of my head. Well, I cringed because I had been at the office, at the school, and at the shops that day, all with a big curler very obviously stuck in my hair. Now, clearly, my rushing around had not prepared me properly for that day. You know, let's not rush around. Let's take the time to spend time with God. And as we do that, we will be positioned for his purpose. The second thing we see about Jehoshaphat is that she focused on helping someone else. She was brave and she was willing to risk her life because she was focused on saving her nephew. God used her in a powerful way because she wasn't just trying to survive. She recognized that there was something that she could do for someone else. What if we approached each day as being on a mission for God? If each day we spent time with God and said, Lord, what assignment have you got for me today? Who do I need to be kind to? Who do I need to encourage? Who do I need to pray for? Who can I help today? If we do that, then like Jehoshaphat, we too will be positioned for purpose. You know, Christine Kane was one of our Sisters of Africa conference speakers a few years back. And ladies, I want to encourage you to register for Sisters this year for the conference. It's going to be amazing. But um, I want to finish by sharing with you what Christine Kane said. And it is this. We weren't created to live as an island unto ourselves. We were created for something bigger than ourselves and to make a difference on the earth. And that difference happens right where we are, in the midst of our daily lives, when we carry the love, peace, compassion, and kindness of Jesus into a lost and broken world. Thank you, ladies. God bless. So, so beautiful. Thank you to Pastor Claire and to Pastor Yannette for joining us online and uh, for sharing uh, such lovely, encouraging messages around Womanhood and Women's Month. Now, I've got a few minutes in which to just round the evening off and to uh, also encourage you. I've got some of our staff. I've got Pastor Andre in the room. Uh, I've got a few guys in the room serving us also to get this mes these messages out to you. So we feel very excited. Really, we do. So, you know, I, I was just thinking... It has already been said that, you know, we are celebrating womanhood, and uh, honestly, we, we do this all the time. We've done this for decades. Uh, we don't do this once a year, uh, and I'm not saying that to be horrible. I'm just saying we understand that our Lord affirmed women. He uplifted women. And so we model what we do around the heartbeat of God, really. And sisters exist to affirm and encourage women to reach their potential in life and in God. We've always said that. Maybe you're new to this uh, ministry, but that is really what we're all about. And our aim 
as we saw tonight, is to teach biblical, uh, um, to teach women the biblical um, models of, of womanhood. Because the world has another model out there. The world is Babylon. The world is away from God. The world is anti-God. The world is pushing God and God's people away. And we cannot take those women as our role models. Now, as beautiful as many women and powerful women are in this world, uh, that does not mean we must be captivated by their beauty and by their style and, and, and stuff like that. We need to understand that God wants us to have good role models because we are of Him, we belong to Him, and we are from another kingdom. Now, a woman that we may or may not be aware of, depending on, on, on you know, how long you've known the Lord, is the Proverbs 31 woman. And it says in chapter 31, verse 30, it says, Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And so we... As the women of God's kingdom, we want to celebrate women and the potential of women, but really we want to also praise great role models who are from God's kingdom and who are full of the love of God, full of the word of God. Amen. And so, you know, what God is saying in Proverbs 31 here, by inspiration through the writer, the author, King Solomon, it says you know, God is saying to the, to the women that we should praise the women that he prescribes us to praise. And we should aim to be those kind of women. And so, women who fear God. Amen. So, the word of God is full of amazing role models, as we've heard tonight. And so, besides Proverbs 31, you know, let's find a few more tonight. So, you know, I just want to say, if you've read my book, Small Beginnings, you'll know who I am. <laughs> I'm a woman from a man's world, finding scorpions under rocks, climbing trees, playing soccer, tomboy, no sisters, no, no, no girl cousins. Weird. But you know, once I gave my heart to Jesus, you know, I was surrounded, as most churches, all churches in fact, offer a wonderful company of women, sisters. You know, I, I was, you know, introduced to women who became my friends and my sisters. You know, sisters that I could only have dreamed of, that they were like a dream come true for me, sisters in the Lord. And these women modeled Christianity at its best. Generosity, comfort, support, hospitality, counsel, kindness, and holiness. They became the sisters that I could only dream of, as I said. They were the instrument that God used in my life in order to grow. And so, you know, they encouraged me to become uh, a part of women's meetings. And, and that's where I first heard about the Titus 2 mandate, which I will read to all of us. Titus 2 from verse 3 to 5, it says, similarly, because Paul is writing and he's telling him a whole lot of instructions, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. 
They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach others what is good. These women must train the younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and pure, to work in their homes, to do good, and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not shame the word of God. Now, I've entitled tonight's message, Women Need Women in Order to Grow. I think that all of us, particularly at this time, may have felt, because certainly I have felt, so I can identify, you may have felt like I've stopped growing. I feel like I've stopped growing because I'm not doing what I used to do. I'm not serving as I used to serve. I'm not like in church. I'm not this. I'm not that. You know, and maybe you feel like your growth has been stunted. But I want to encourage you that women need women in order to grow. And that is why we have continued with sisters online. We haven't stopped. We've taken what, what's in our hands, and in our hands at the moment with 50 people, you know, inside, but to stream out into your homes. So there are several passages in the Word to illustrate this truth to us. And the one that stands out to me was used by Pastor Nat's um, regarding the company of women. That is oyster to me because once I came into church and I discovered all these sisters alongside me, same spirit, same thinking, uh, um, you know, I discovered that to be, to, to be together is better. To be part of something is better. So, you know, my first thought this evening, number one is in order to grow, be part of the company. Be part of the company. You know, Jesus had a multitude of women who followed him. And he had it then, but he has it now. Can you imagine how many millions more women, billions, I don't know, are serving and following Jesus? Be part of that company to grow. You know, you, know, you can't be, especially now, oh, Jesus and me, you know, all the, the two of us, just the two of us. You know, it can't be. Uh, even, if it, if it, even if you're forced to be just the two of you, don't let it be that in your head because once COVID is over, you've got to come charging back into where the company of women are gathering, but we're gathering online at present. So just make sure your attitude is one of I'm part of a company of women, and that is going to cause me to grow much more than I ever have. Luke 23, 27, Jesus is on his way to, to the cross, and it says a large crowd, crowd trailed behind, including many grief-stricken women. The Bible names these women disciples, and you know, they were a varied group, just like we see today. I mean, the church is the most beautiful enterprise and the most powerful enterprise, as my husband always says, on the planet. The diversity of women. You know, you've got the lowly, you've got those who are just doing menial tasks, and then you've got those in high positions, um, you know, with huge responsibility. But God brings us all together, and we all belong, and we all play a part, and, you know, 
they say the ground is level at the cross, but you know, we belong and we're from different cultures and backgrounds, but Jesus brings us together. And, uh, you know, Jesus was speaking also in, the chap in, in, in Luke chapter 8, in the book of Luke, about his disciples. He's speaking about his disciples, and then, he, and then it goes on to say, among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's business manager, Susanna, and many others who were contributing uh, their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. Now, these women cheered each other on. I can just imagine, it's how it works in church. I've been in church for 47 years. I know this is how it works. And this is why I love women's ministry, because it is beautiful to see the handmaidens of God being part of the company of women. Sorry, I'm getting excited. I'm punching my mic here. We are better together. I mean, these women were inclusive and welcomed others in because it speaks about a great multitude of women, people that followed Jesus, including women. That must mean they had an open, open circle whereby women could join in and be part of the company. They were at the cross. They were at the tomb. They were in the upper room. They were part of the early church, and they were part of the growth of the church. And Jesus valued them, and he values you and I, girls. He values you and I. Jesus valued them, and, you know, women need women in order to grow on this journey. So why don't we, even now, while we are online, start inviting people to be part of the company? Invite them to online church. This coming Sunday, invite them. Invite them to Sisters of Africa Conference. Amen. So that they can be part of the journey. Secondly, in order to grow, be each other's cheerleaders. Now, I believe I'm speaking to, to many women who have known the Lord for a long time. And I'm also speaking to women who perhaps you are peeping in and you've not been part of what we're doing and you're not part of church. But I want to say, allow other women to be your cheerleader. Amen. So let's start with the thought that women together encouraging one another is nothing new. You know, when the Israelites came out of the Red Sea, was it not Miriam uh, who encouraged the women to come on, let's sing and let's dance unto the, unto the Lord. If you read in, in Genesis, you, in Exodus, sorry, you'll, you'll see the beautiful words that were composed. I will sing unto the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and rider thrown into the sea. It's beautiful and it's inspirational. And that came from the girls in the house, so to speak. Amen. They were cheering each other on and it was um, as they came through the Red Sea. And that's how it works in church. So we grow by just being together for the purposes of God. We heard a lot about the purposes tonight. We don't just come together because we're part of a club. Oh, let's go to Sisters when all of this is over and we're just part of the club. There's pamper, there's cupcakes. There's that, that's all lovely things. Those are all nice things to, to celebrate us. But actually, it's much more than that. It's for the purposes of God, to be an instrument in the hands of God. And, you know, we church other on to be that. We encourage one another. Amen. And so that is how it works. You know, um, words like you can do it, keep going, 
And let's do this together is certainly the motto I grew up with in church from the age of 20. I don't think I'd be standing here to, to, tonight, except obviously for, the, for God's call and his hand and his touch on my life. But if it wasn't for those who, come on, Vilma, come on, you can do it. Vilma, you'll be by Andre's side. You, you, will, you, you guys will be great in the ministry. Amen. So just, just wonderful to look at these role models and to identify with them and say, you know, all of us, all of us can be those cheerleaders for others to praise God, to serve God, to go for God. Amen. And so Miriam also incidentally had an amazing role model in her mother, Jochebed, an Israeli slave, a godly woman who trusted God to take care of a family, a woman who hid her son Moses in the river. And Miriam grew because of her mother's influence. And so this Women's Month, we are celebrating godly mothers who lead their daughters in righteousness and who cheer them on in God. Their daughters will grow to be strong and mighty in the land. And then lastly, in order to grow, be a unifier. Be a unifier. There's too much division in this world, too much. And in the church, we cannot afford that, not at all. In the Philippian church, there were two women who probably at one time were bosom friends. But they, now long offended with each other, were not getting along. And this broken relationship made its way into the Bible for a very good reason. We read about it. Paul wrote about this matter and wanted this to be sorted out so that they could grow and help others to grow. So in Philippians 4, 2 to 3, he writes, Now I appeal to you, Odia and Syntyche, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partner, remember those words, to help these two women, for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are written in the book of life. It is believed by scholars that the true partner Paul was writing about was Lydia, the cloth merchant who became a disciple under Paul's preaching at a riverbank in Philippi. We see this account in Acts chapter 16, and this plea was important enough for Paul to write about it. It is because when we are united, there the Lord commands his blessing. We are stronger, our light on the hill shines brighter. Psalm 133, I can't read it all, but two verses, one and two. See how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters live together in harmony. It is like fine scented oil on the head running down the beard, down Aaron's beard, running over the collar of his robes. You see, unity within the kingdom brings the anointing of God. There is an anointing when we all with raised hands and we all with same heart and same mind and same spirit the Lord blesses that, and he brings his anointing. Amen. So what we need to do is we need to forgive and move on. So we see the importance of women within the church and how we need each other to grow in God. You know, we need women who fear God and who walk in his ways. And from my experience, I've grown as a, as a result of women like that, as I've said, who have cheered me on, 
who have um, helped me to join the company, and I'm part of a company of amazing, amazing women, and also they taught me that unity glorifies God and it commands a blessing. So if you want to grow more than you have in the last 17 months, I would encourage you to be part of a women's company. Be part of a, of a connect group. Be part of a WhatsApp group. Do something to just get good input, a scripture every day. Whatever it is, I want to encourage you. So now we've come to that time. We've, had, we've heard a lot of messages today. We heard a lot of scriptures, and I trust that, you know, if you're discouraged tonight, maybe tonight you can just say, Lord, I just want to grow again in you, and I just want to recommit myself to you. But you know what? If you've tuned in tonight and, and you've, you've never realized that, you know, I can open my heart to the Lord, I want to say you need Jesus, and you need him to come into your life if you want to be a strong, powerful beautiful woman who fears God and who serves him. And I want to invite you to join the company tonight. So we're all going to pray and we're going to ask you to pray with us. Father God, we just, we, we just thank you tonight for what we've heard and learned. Lord, right now, I just want to recommit my heart to you. I just want to say, Lord, I want to grow. I want to improve. And I ask you, Lord God, to help me and to fill me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me for your purposes. And Lord God, I've tuned in for the first time. But now I realize I need you. I need you to come in, into my heart, and be my Lord and be my Savior. So I ask you right now, come into my heart, Lord. Forgive me for the things that I may have done that offended you. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you receive me. I can now say that you are my Lord and you are my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good on you if you recommitted your life to the Lord Jesus tonight and you've determined that you're going to be a, a person who grows, you're going to be around a company of women, and good to you if you've never done this before, but tonight, I just pray that you have such a sense of joy. I pray that you have such a sense of relief and that God has lifted a burden off you and that you, have, you get like a vision for your future that is just going to be beautiful and with God at your side. Now it's time for us to say goodbye. Just a reminder again, I'm sure you've seen for those ladies, by the way, all that you need to see to just um, click onto those um, apps and just get what you need to read and to inspire and encourage you. But next month, September, the 15th till the 18th, we are working hard. I say we because all of us 
have a part to play, and we are going to put out an amazing conference. You're almost going to believe that you are in the building. Am I right, girls? Those who are working with me, you're going to believe you right here in this building. And so if you haven't registered, please do so. The Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you were blessed and inspired by this ministry. 